the time. The Lord is good all the time. He's good all the time. It don't matter what the people say. It don't even matter what your situation says. It don't even matter what that lying devil says. The Lord will never change. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So your life into Jesus Christ. He'll pour you out a blessing. <laughs> and the Lord is good all the time. And sometimes you got to press your way through that. I'm telling you, I ain't, I'm, I ain't, I'm going to be 100 this morning. I haven't seen my mama in one year and five months and a certain amount of days. I could not even begin to imagine what it would be like if I could never see my mama again. And I know people are dealing with that today. To never get to see my mama ever. So we never take it for granted. We 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 blessed we blessed my mama yesterday. Doug, we pulled a we put a, a spy move on. That's what she called it, the spies. Because we sent her a gift. She didn't know it was coming. She just came home and it was there. And she was like, some spies dropped, some spies dropped by my house and dropped something off to me. Just tell those spies I really love my gift. But I say I salute every mother out there, every mother who's sitting in front of us, every mother who is watching on the internet. Man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, I, man, without my mom, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give y'all one of these one of, one of these one-off nuggets. I'm gonna tell y'all something about myself. I was graduating from university, Rita. There was over 2,000 people in my class, right? When I graduated. Out of all those people who was in that auditorium, the first person I ran to as I graduated was my mom. Just to hear her say, I'm proud, I'm so proud of you. Your dad would be so proud of you. I'm a grown man. And I started crying simply because my mama said that. So for all those who, who are celebrating Mother's Day today, thank you for for all you've done, for all those whose mothers have already made transitions, but you know you go get to see them again. Let's celebrate their lives. Let's celebrate their lives. Not focus on the fact that they're not here because we gonna get to see them again. So I told Juan, I mean, you know, honey, I'm trying to hang on because Juan can go see her mama whenever she want to. I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I gotta go through some stuff to see mine. Only because of the fact that all this Corona stuff that's going on. Gotta go, go across the board, come back, gotta quarantine for 14 days, all that good stuff. But she's worth it. I'd swim through a, a, a lake full of alligators just to be able to say hello to her. Just to say hello. Can I tell you one more transparent thing? When I was in Marine Corps boot camp, everybody know about the Marine Corps, Oorah! Everybody know about the Marine Corps, right? It's 12 weeks. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you how awesome my mama is. My mother wrote me a letter every single day for 12 weeks. She wrote a letter, sent a card. That's how I made it. Because they break you down to like a shotgun. They break you down. But because my mother never gave up on me, as motivated me never to give up. 
It'd be simple stuff like, hey, I'm pulling for you. Hang in there, son. You can do this. My mama. That's how I graduated boot camp. With the help of the Lord, of course. But my mama was my driving force. So never underestimate the power of a mother. I don't. Never underestimate the power of a mother. Fathers are awesome. Hallelujah. But there's nothing like mama. So get reach out there. Stick your arms out there. Give your mama a nice little hug. Even if she's not physically, just give her a hug. Mama, I just love you so much, girl. You, you, oh, you're so awesome. Praise God. Woo. Okay, Joan, she ain't gonna write me out the window. All right, all right, y'all may be seated in the house. My mother always has this joke, you know, you can text her on Mother's Day on holidays, but you better call, because if you don't, whoo, I told you, I said, you're the only woman I know who, who writes her will in a pencil, in a pencil, and so that, you know, in case I mess up, you can erase my name. <laughs> so, and all, all jokes aside, to all the mothers out there, to all the mothers in here, Happy Mother's Day. We love you, Sister Joanna, and I love you. We thank God for you. I mean, we need y'all. I'm gonna tell you how I'm gonna tell you how powerful a woman is. A woman is so powerful that God says, hey, even if after he gave that man a, a, a house, he gave that man provisions, he gave that man a purpose, he said, Oh, hold up, that brother is not complete yet. That brother gonna need some help. And he didn't create another man. When he, when he was going to provide help for that man, he provided a woman. But this is, this is the thing about it is, you can be a blessing to that man or you can be a hindrance to that man depending on how you operate in the office to which he gave you. You will help that man to be all that God has called him to be. And in the process, God will bless you because of your faithfulness. Or you can be a hindrance to that man and cause him to get off track. And when he gets off, he's going to get way off. And then you got to give an account for that, too. But guess what? He got me to get an account if he gets you off, too. It's not a one-way street. The man is to help cultivate the woman. But the woman is there to help nurture the man. And together, they grow up. I'm only as strong as Sister Jewin. It doesn't matter how strong I am. If she's not strong, we're not, we not strong. So what do we do? We cultivate and we nurture one another to help us both grow together. If she slows down, we slow down. If, if I speed up and she speeds up, we both speed up together. But we don't do this separate from one another. Are y'all ready? Now, I know that the message that we're going to bring forth today, I know in my Noah that it's going to be is for everyone who's going to hear this message today. And the reason why I know is because I had another message up until 3.30 this morning. And he says, I need you to shift and go this way. And I'm like, shift, and I'm going that way. So, hallelujah. Oh, and by the way, I know I look different because I don't have my camis and stuff on today. But the lovely said she would like for me to wear this today. So you know what I did? I shifted and went with what the lovely said. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm telling you. That woman got some, some control. Glory to God. <laughs> 
Don't let it go to your head, though. All right. <laughs> all right, here we go. Glory to, oh, this is what the Lord told me to say to each one of the women who will hear this today. He says, you are my modern day Esther. And this is what he told me to tell you. And according to Esther chapter four, verse 14, I'm reading out of the amplified version. Now, if I give a scripture and I'm going in, and if you don't have time to turn to it, just write the address down and go back it and read it later. Esther chapter four, verse 14, this is your word for today. He told me to tell you, he says, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for, we're going to say, the nation of Canada from elsewhere, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows, but you, that you have been come to the kingdom for such a time as this. As and for this very occasion. So God told me to tell you, he says he has brought you into the place where you are, into the land where you're at, into the family you're at, into the house you're at, into the workplace you're at, into the city that you're at, into the workplace for such a time as this, that you may be able to bring about relief and deliverance for all those who are around you. Do you receive that? Mm -hmm. He says, I have called you for such a time as this. See, most, most people look around, looking at everything that's going on. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Remember last week we was talking about God plus you is the X factor. And God says, I have called you women of God for such a time as this. Turning in there and say, hey, neighbor, mm -hmm. you have been called for such a time as this. Turn it to somebody else and say, hey, neighbor, you've been born and called for such a time as this. Now, I want you to physically do this. Point, point to yourself and say, hey, I'm letting you know. You have a word from the Lord. You have been called, chosen, preordained for such a time as this. You've been called for such a time as this. God says you have been called for such a time as this. And somebody is saying, Pastor, but you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand the mistakes I've made. You don't understand everything that's going on with me. I am so glad that you said that because we're going to kill that elephant in the room today. Elsie, the cow pow, is going down today. And God says to tell you that that giant that you've been facing, that's been hovering over you, that's been speaking in your ear all those years, all those times, he says, not after the day. You know, actually, I almost named his message, not after the day. But he told me to give, if I was to give this message a title, this is the title. Bent, but not broken. Bent, but not broken. You know, we used to say, we may bend, but we don't fall down bent but not broken so father we give you glory out and praise and thank you for this opportunity in your word mm -hmm. 
we thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power. All of you and none of me, Father, I decrease that you may increase. May you be glorified in all that I say and do. May you be glorified in all that I say and do. May you be glorified in all that I say and do. His and your son, Christ Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say, amen. amen. Can I tell y'all the first, the first, I, I, he told me to pause right here and share this with you. The first Father's Day after my father went home to be with the Lord. I was broken. I was broken. I, I, I didn't know what to do. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Fire baptized. Been a youth pastor for years. But I did not know how to get over that hurdle. I was broken. Because I didn't know how to receive God's healing. I didn't know how to get delivered from that, from that, from that pain. I didn't know what to do. I, I, I know what the Bible says, but I don't know how to do it. And it nothing, nothing ever happened in my situation until I truly took it to the Lord and laid it at his feet and refused to pick it back up. Do I miss my dad? Oh yeah. Every time something happens in the ministry, I miss him because he was there the first time I ministered. But I didn't know how to lay it down. So I'm going to tell you right now, today it's time to let it go. Let it, let it down. Now, does that mean that you let go of your memories of them? Absolutely not. You celebrate the life. He just says, don't continue to mourn their death. So what he, and that's what he told me. He says, you celebrate his life. Celebrate all the good times you had. Celebrate all the monumental things and what you were saying, what you would do. And if he was here, I would do this. And if he was here, I would say this. And if, if we was here, and then we would do, and I would do, and then it is, and it is, and it, and you know what happened? It shifted how I seen Father's Day. Because now on Father's Day, I would think about all the good stuff and all the great stuff and how I'm so blessed and I'm so honored and I'm so privileged to have ever had an opportunity to have him in my life in the first place. I stopped mourning his death and I celebrated his life. And when I woke up this morning, the reason why I was up so early is because I could feel the heaviness that women all over the world was feeling and I couldn't shake it. I, could, I couldn't pray it off. I could, I'm like, Lord, what is this? Even right now, my heart is heavy because I can feel people's hurt. But God says, I want to make the great exchange with you today. Will you make the exchange with me? He says, Will you make the exchange with me? People say God took my mother or took my father. God doesn't take people. God has the power, but he doesn't have the authority to do it. Why? He is bound to that person's will. If that person was sick, 
I'm, I'm, I'm telling you from my dad. My dad, as long as my dad was fighting to stay, when, and when we pray for him, man, he would come out on top. But the moment my father said, I'm ready to come home, and I went to pray for him, God would not go against his will. That's what he told me. I can't go against his will. This is what he wants. And because it's what he wants, God will, will honor what his will. Even if it's going to cause me to miss him. Because what it was all about was me missing him. What I was going to lose. Not, not focusing on the fact that he was in pain every single day. And he was fighting to stay because of my mama. God says, make the exchange with me today. And I'm going to show you how to make the exchange. Are y'all interested? Mm -hmm. I, I can't fancy. I mean, I, I told you, when my dad passed away, I was, I was toe up for about six months. I was a walking zombie. I could function, but I was a walking zombie. Man, I cried every day until I had that. I had that, this this encounter with him. When I had this encounter with him, it was face to face. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send somebody else. He came himself and as okay, and I just let him have it. When I say let it have, it, I ain't talk about. Well, I just laid it down, all pretty and everything. I was po'd. I was mad. How could you do this to me? You know I needed him. What am I supposed to do? Now, I don't know what to do, Lord. I'm broken. I don't know what to do. And he says, I'll make the exchange. Will you make the exchange with me? And I'm like, make the exchange with me? He said, make the exchange with me. Give me your hurt. Give me your pain. Give me your sorrow. Give me your anger. All that. Give it to me. And I'll give you my love and I'll give you my strength, and I'll give you my compassion, and I'll give you my mercy, and I'll give you my grace. Did And I'm like, Lord, but what is that going to do for me right now? Who am I going to talk to when I got these problems? Who am I going to go to when I got this stuff going? Who am I going to go to? He says, I will be the father to you that you've never been, you've never had, if you'll make the exchange with me. And that's what I did. I made the exchange with him. So how do I make the exchange, you ask? Everything that I would go and talk to my dad about, I would go to God. Hey, hey, Lord, let me talk to you about this, blah, blah, blah. And I start talking to him about it. Guess what? He started talking back to me. But what about such and such? And I want to go do such and such. What do you think about it? The same way I was with my natural father was the same way I became with my heavenly father. I could only take my natural father so far, I could take my heavenly father everywhere I went. I didn't even have to call him up. He never sent me to voicemail. He was never in the meeting. He was never too tired. He was never too busy. All I do is, Father, this is what I got going on. What do you think? From that day to this has been almost 17 years ago. And he is as much a father to me today as he was when my 
my natural father was here. Actually, it's better. Because he has answers and solutions that I can go straight to him with and he can give me answers because my natural father would go to God and then come back to me. Now I can just go straight to the father and the father gives me the answer. And God says, I'm the great I am. So I'll be a father to you. I'll be a mother to you. I'll be a sister. I'll be a brother. I'll be a cousin. I'll be a nephew. Whatever you need me to be, I'll be that. Are y'all ready? Here we go. He said, you got to get that part. He says, because if you don't get that part, anything else I'm going to say to you, you won't be able to receive. You know, I, uh, uh, two years ago, I preached on a Mother's Day service in, in Wakefield, Quebec. And when we preached on that day, this, is, this was the word of the Lord that came forth. Woman, thou art loosed. And you got to understand, I was going, I was preaching in a church that women didn't always have so much say in that church. I got one, I got two witnesses that could testify. Women did not have say in that church. And when I got this message, I contacted a pastor's wife and was like, hey, just so you know, this is the message that we're going to come with next week. She was like, praise God. Praise God. Praise God, because no other man has been willing to, to say that message. Woman, thou art loosed. Woman, thou art loosed. He, I asked God, God, why would you want me to say this, this message today? He says, because I want you to teach my women of God, my Esthers, my Deborahs, what message I need them to take to at least three other women in their in their sphere of influence who would never die on the, the doors of a church i'm a i i am empowering you i'm equipping you god is anointing you god is equipping you to take the word of the lord to those in your sphere of influence and tell them that the father said woman Thou art loosed. Here we go. <clears throat> I make this declaration and we jump right into it. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Wow. To appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for morning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they might be glorified, that the Lord might be glorified. And they shall build up the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Now, this message today is primarily to women, but men, you can glean off the tree just as well. Turn with me, if you will, to Isaiah chapter 60. They bend, but they don't break. They bend, but they don't break. And this is a direct quote. This is a direct order from the father to you. 
The father tell, told me to tell you, just like he said in the book of Esther, that you was, you was appointed, you have been called, you have been chosen for such a time as this to bring relief and deliverance for the nation or the people all around you. He told me to tell you this morning, and according to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, he says this, I'm reading out an amplified version, arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life, shine and be radiant with the glory of the Lord for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has been risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all peoples, but the Lord shall rise upon you and his glory shall be seen on you. And nations, everybody say nations. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So he says, hey, I called you for such a time as this. I have positioned you for such a time as this. And I'm going to use you to bring about relief. I'm going to use you about to bring about deliverance. That's why you cannot be silent and you're not gonna go in your own strength. He's telling you to stand up, get out of your place of depression, stand up, get out of your place of prostration, stand up, it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. He says, arise for the glory, our God's supernatural ability is upon you. And when you go out, you're gonna be a light among those who are in the darkness and people are gonna be drawn to your light. And when people come to your light, you cannot remain in the same place. You gotta be willing to open up your mouth cause you can not remain silent. You cannot remain silent because if you remain silent, then the gospel is hid to those who are lost. If you remain silent, the gospel will be hid to those who are lost. Are you with me? You cannot remain silent. And he's telling this to women. Remember, we said from the very beginning, women, thou art loose. That's in accordance to Luke chapter 13. I'm reading out of verse number 10, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. And it says this, and when Jesus saw her condition, he called her to him and gently laid his hands on her. Then he said, dear woman, receive this word, ladies, dear woman, you are free. I release you forever from this crippling spirit. Instantly, she stood straight and tall and overflowed with glorious praise to God. Now, that's the same word he's telling me to tell you this morning. He's saying, woman, you are loosed and you are free. He says, now will you be released from ever from this crippling spirit that has kept you bound, whether it is depression, whether it's been fear, whether it's because you got a divorce, whether you had an abortion, whether you're, you know, whatever the situation may be, God told me to tell you today, woman, you are loosed. He also told me to tell you in accordance to Romans chapter eight, Verse number one, he's told me to tell you this. He says this. 
Romans chapter eight, verse one. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You're no longer bound. Tell your neighbor, I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer bound. I'm free. And whom the son makes free is free indeed. See, now man is not setting you free. A woman is not telling you you're free. Jesus is saying himself. The father is saying to through me to you, woman, thou art loose. Woman, thou art free. Woman, you are released from, the, from that spirit that has kept you bound. You are free. In fact, there is therefore no condemnation. Are you in Christ? Yep. There's therefore no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no shame. If you're feeling guilt or if you're feeling shame, that is from the adversary, the Satan, who's trying to keep you locked up in that box. Remember last week after Sister Rita prayed, those boxes were broken down. Are you listening? Glory to God. You bend, but you don't break. Woman, you are free. You are loosed. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. He says, not, he says, not only are you free, he said, but there's no more bondage. There's no more bondage to your past. There's no more bondage to the mistakes you made yesterday, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years ago. There's no more bondage. Tell your neighbor, no more bondage. No more shame. No more guilt. That's not from God. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says this. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, think, think about this, being a child of God. Now, that word son there is weos, which means a son or daughter who has the nature of God. He says, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading you to fear again. In other words, at one point in time in your life, you was, you was in bondage to fear. You was a slave to your sin. You was a slave to that old lifestyle. You was a slave to drinking, slave to partying, slave to whoremongering, slave to all kinds of stuff. He says, but now that you are in Christ, he says, you are no longer, he says, you have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear. He says, but you have received a spirit of adoption. Now, what happens if you're adopted into somebody's son? We have a friends who they just receive adoption, final adoption papers for their son, and his that son has all the rights as if he was born into that family. The same thing happens in the kingdom of God. When you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you throw off that old man, you put on the new man, and as far as God is concerned, you have the same rights and privileges as a son born into the family. Who was born? Who was his only begotten son before you? Jesus. So everything that Jesus gives, you got. I know that if you were religious, that just freaked your little mind out. Ooh, there's no way that's possible. But the word said that's what happened when you got born again. When you got born again, and you received Jesus, as your personal Lord and Savior. This is what I'm going to tell you. This is what happened. You put off that spirit of bondage and fear and you received a spirit of adoption 
to the point where you can call God Abba Father, our dearly, dearly loved Father. The Spirit himself, talking about the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we're heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Jesus Christ. Did y'all hear that? You are an heir with God. God owns the cattle on a thousand hill. God owns it all. He says, I'm an heir with God, but I'm also a joint heir with Jesus Christ, which means everything that he got, I got. Everything he has, I have. Jesus had the Holy Spirit, I got the Holy Spirit. Jesus had the word, I got the word. Jesus had authority in heaven and earth, I have authority in heaven and earth. How did I get it? By receiving Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, I made the great exchange with him. He says, you are heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. You may bend, but you don't break. God says, woman, thou art loosed. Now, this woman was dealing with sickness and disease. But many women aren't dealing with it. They're dealing with shame that the world has placed on to try to put them down, make them less than, like they not, they not anything. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God told me to tell you this. Natasha, God told me to tell you this. He says, I had a plan for your life before you even came out your mama's womb. God, see, this is that. When we date people, we date people based off of what they, where they've been, what they've been through, what kind of potential they have going forward. God accepted us knowing all the stuff that we had already done, all the stuff we still were going to do in the future. Guess what? He knew it. I talked to God one day and said, Lord, I can think of a whole lot of reasons I wouldn't have called me to do what you called me to do. You know what he said? You are not a surprise to me. I knew exactly what I was getting when I got you, but I chose you anyway. That just blew my little mind. I'm like, what? <laughs> Lord, I can think about some stuff I thought about yesterday that would disqualify me today. He says, I still knew what I was getting when I got you, but I chose you anyway. Natasha, he told me to tell you. He had a plan for you before your life even began. In fact, he says in, in Jeremiah 29 and 11, I'm reading out of the Amplified, he says this. He says, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. He says, so then when you, Natasha, come to upon me and you come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you, then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. He said, I already got a plan for you. I already have a, a predestined end for you. If that's the case, Lord, I mean, yeah, man, I, Lord, my mind can't even wrap around that because, man, so-and-so told me this and so-and-so told me that and this person said this to me and this person said that about me. And, and I remember I went to this one church. I went to this one. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. 
I went to this church one time. It was a church when I got when I got born again for real, for real. And then I went to this church and I seen a sister because, you know, they say, you know, hey, if you have a fault, you know, you come before the church. I mean, that's 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 out of context on how they was doing it. But this is what they did, Rita. This sister came and she talked. She stood before the church and told the church where she had missed it. At, right. I mean, humble. She's broken, crying where the church where she had missed it. Man, that church. Le leaped on her like a wild alley cat or something. I mean, they, boom, they was on her and telling her all the things and they was putting her down. And I mean, if she was broken before she got there, she was more broken after she got there. And I'm, and you know what that taught me? You know what that taught me, Jerry? If I ever have a problem, don't go to them jokers. Cause they gonna, I'm gonna be worse off going to them than I was. What I'm, I'm telling you, what I, what happened. You're supposed to be here to help me. You're supposed to be here to restore me. You're supposed to work. Says you're supposed to restore a brother and sister in the spirit of meekness, lest you yourself be caught up in an offense. That's all. That's what they taught me. If you got something going on, you got it going on, but don't come tell nobody. Don't tell us. You're going to tell somebody else who you can trust, but don't come tell us because we're going to beat you down and, and you know, you're going to hell. I mean, you know, yeah. They, they meant right. They meant well. But that's not how God does. When you come to the Father, you missed it. You could be, say you say you hide right now, but you turn on this, turn on this video or turn on the podcast and you hide at Georgia Pine. But then you, then you won't, Lord, I'll deliver me from this situation and circumstance. God's not going to be like, boy, let me check the list and see. <laughs> let me see what you've been doing over the last few days. And let me check. And now what he's going to do? You know what he's going to do? The moment you say, Father, help me. I need you. You know what he's going to do? Like a mother would. Stick his arms out and do whatever he needs to do to help you to get from one situation to the next. Simply because you called, and that's what he's talking about here. Hey, I got great plans for your life, but you have to seek me so that I can get it to you. God doesn't force himself on anybody. He wanted me forced deliverance on you if you don't want it. When I told you about me and my, when my, when my dad, why it took me so long, it wasn't because God had, wasn't trying to help me. I could not receive what it is he was trying to give to me because I wasn't ready. And sometimes, oh, that's a word. Sometimes that's what happened with parents. When you want it so bad for your children, but your children, ain't they don't want it yet. They still think they got it going on. I would behoove them not to go that route, but they still think they got it on, going on. And they, it's because of shame. I know a person who was in drugs, it, it was because of shame. He felt like he couldn't tell anybody what was going on with him. So he suffered in silence. Until one day, the Holy Ghost uh, uncovered what was going on with him, and we reached out to him, and guess what happened? He received what it was God had for him. Now, is he still going through a process? Absolutely. Are we still having a disciple? Every single day. But when he was ready to receive, even though it was made available to him all the time, So what do we do? We Matthew 9 on them. 
Matthew 9 says, Lord, the har your word says the harvest is plenty. The harvest uh, is ripe, but the laborers are few. Lord, dispatch laborers across his path. Dispatch laborers across our path. Somebody who they'll be able to receive from them. everywhere they go, that word is going to be getting them, getting them, getting them, getting them, getting them. And they're like, okay, fat, okay, Lord, okay. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So God had a plan for your life. You say, how do you know that God had a plan for my life? Well, I'm going to tell you. This was the way he told me this morning. And why I don't want you to take my word for it only? Because this is what he said. I'm reading out of Amplified out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm starting at verse 4. And it says this. And my language and my message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, and plausible words of wisdom. But they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, a proof by the Spirit and power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers and most holy emotions, thus persuading them so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men or human philosophy, but in the power of God. In other words, even when I'm ministering to you, I'm not dependent on me. I'm not dependent on the fact that I studied. I'm not dependent on the fact that I went to Bible school. I'm not dependent on the fact I've been doing this for a while. I Every time I get up is like the very first time. Father, I'm 100% totally dependent upon you. And what I would rather you hear the spirit of the Lord speaking to you than to hear my sweet little voice coming into your ears. I am I am simply the vessel by which God will use to get it to you. Now, for verse nine says this, but on the contrary, as the scripture says, what I has seen has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared, made and keeps ready for those who love him. Who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gracefully recognize the benefits he has bestowed. Now, most people said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them. And they stop right there. And then you don't know like I know. Yeah, that sounds great. But that's only part of it because God says read verse 10 verse 10 says yet to us God has unveiled and revealed them what the things that he has prepared and keeps ready for those who love him God's saying by my Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit will unveil and reveal by and through his spirit for the Holy Spirit searches diligently exploring and examining everything even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God the divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny in other words it's far and above anything that you could ever even comprehend, think, or come up with on your own. 
For what person perceives, knows, and understands what passes through a man's thoughts except the man's own spirit within him? Just so no one discerns, comes to know and comprehend the thoughts of the world, but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, given to us that we might re realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor, blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. Long story short, what he said is this. The world can't understand the things of God. You and your natural can't understand the things of God. But when you have God's Holy Spirit working on the inside of your spirit, he begins to reveal to you the secret things, the deep things of God, things that you could never figure out on your own. And those things have been given to you by God. They have been freely given to you by God. What? Divine favor and blessings is what God has freely given us to you. And he's bestowed those things upon you. Do y'all see that? Is that in your Bible? Is this helping anybody this morning? Woman, you're loosed. You're not that old woman. You're not that old person that you used to be. I don't care what you did last night. Heck, I don't care if you woke up with them this morning. You ain't that old person. Stop allowing people to tell you you, you, you the old person. In fact, God told me to tell you this. He says, in accordance to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if you are in Christ, you are right now a new creature. Old things are passed away. Everything's become new. It doesn't matter where you started. Everybody started somewhere. It doesn't matter where you started. It only matters the fact that you're hearing this and you're able to receive this. And see, because you, he says, because you have been so programmed to listen to that old mindset, he says, you're going to have to listen to this more than once. He says, because what you're battling right now is strongholds are wrong, fortified, are guarded patterns of thinking that keeps, that's trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, that keeps telling you, you know good, and it don't matter what that person said, because you did this, and you did that, and you did this, and you did that, but according to God, when Jesus went to the cross, he had this magic eraser, and when he put his blood on the mercy, it washed away all that other stuff that you used to do once you accept him as your Lord and Savior. He took a big old racer and raced it. And guess what? He doesn't remember it anymore. And he's asking you to please stop remembering it yourself. You ever notice when you, you ever go talk to somebody and you try to talk to them about that old stuff and they say, why are you still talking about that? That's not today. That was yesterday. That was five years ago. That was 20 years ago. Why are you, is it? It, it would be kind of like this. If you went, to a, I've seen this on, I've seen this on Facebook the other day. That's why you gotta watch. That's why I, I stay off Facebook. They had a, a home going, a funeral, and they didn't have the guy in the cast. They actually had to do setting up. Real story. They had to do setting up. He he gone. It's just a shell. Setting up at a drum set with flowers and stuff around him. I'm like, what in the heck? 
But you walking out of here today, that's good, Father, is like you going to a home going. And, you lay, and you're coming to lay your old mindset down, that old nature down, that old person down once and for all. And we having a funeral for that person. We having a funeral because that stuff is about to get burnt up. But then just before the service is over, you run up to the front, grab that old man, grab that old nature, throw it over your back and walk out the door with it. That's what a, that's what a person who's dealing with a stronghold has, is doing. Every time they hear the word of the Lord coming to them that will make them free, they go back and pick up that old baggage. But my family said this about me. Do you know what my family used to say about me? You would never think they'd be saying the stuff they say about me now if you knew the stuff they said about me before. Guess what? I had to make a decision. Whose report am I going to believe? But I've been divorced five times. I'm living with somebody and my husband today. There's no way God is ever going to use me. I was involved with somebody who was married. I, I got a child by some. What they got to do with today? You want to know why? I, I, I was, when God was talking to me about this morning, he said, I want you to give this as the final example. After everything else I said, because everybody, because there's going to be somebody that said, man, that sounds all good, Pastor. Woo-hoo, that sounds good. It's for them, them good church folks who are in there right now. But that's for them, 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 them people, you know, who they, their situation is not quite as bad as mine. Because if you knew my situation, you would know there's no way God could forgive me and use me. I'm going to give you one example. I got two, but I have time for one that tells you that you, that that argument don't hold water. When God says, when you came in Christ, you're a new creation. When he said, woman, you are loosed and free from your past. He meant you was loosed and free from your past. All you have to do, it's like a, it's like a gift. All you have to do is receive it. Reach out there in faith. Stick your hands out. Receive it. Stick your hands out say, I receive my deliverance. My wholeness, my completion. I'm delivered from the spirit of fear. I receive the spirit of adoption. I'm a child of God. I receive the free gift Jesus made available to me. I take it. Now take it. It's mine right now. In Jesus' name. I'm going to get, he said, give you this last example. It tells you your situation is not so bad that God won't use you. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Here you go. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke, as you are John chapter four. John chapter four, and this is where we're going to close. Woman, thou art loosed. Free. So after today, you cannot be silent because God has placed you where you are for such a time as this, for such a place as this, to be able to use you to bring about relief and deliverance to the nation or people who are around you. John chapter four, verse number seven says this. 
We're talking about the Samaritan woman. <laughs> now there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? Now, if you understand that Samaritans, you talk about racism. Samaritans and Jews were like oil and water. They had no interaction with one another. In fact, women and men had, like this, had no interaction with one another, but Jesus. Jesus went to Samaria for her. Jesus sent me this morning for you, for you, for you, for you, for you, for you, for you. And this is what he told me to do. Let's go on. So the woman looking at her like, how is it that you, being a Jew, will ask water for me as I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What is he saying? You're talking about natural water. I'm talking about living water. If you knew who you was talking to, man, you'd make the exchange with me. You'd ask for the water that I, I came to give you. Now, Jesus goes on to say to her, Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks this water that she had will thirst again. In other words, if you keep trying to do it according to your own natural means, you will be thirsty again, looking for deliverance that's already been made available to you. But Jesus says this morning, the water I'm giving you that whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst again. In other words, when I get, I'm exchanging this, giving you this water this morning, if you drink this water this morning, you will never thirst for your freedom. You will never thirst for your deliverance. You will never thirst for your wholeness. You will never thirst for your completion. Why? Because you will have already received the free gift from him. But the water that I will give you will become in him or in you a well of water springing up to eternal life. In other words, it's a never flow. It's a never ending flow of water that continuously goes inside of you over and over and over again. And that water is called the Holy Spirit. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water. So I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, go, Call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, 
I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. In other words, there's no way he could have knew that in the natural. But he said, even though you've had five husbands, he already knew she had five husbands. She already, he already knew the person that she was living with at the time wasn't her husband. But he still offered her the living water anyhow. Do you see that? Her circumstances, her past did not disqualify her. Your circumstances, your past doesn't disqualify you. Now, it will be good if it stopped right there. But we're going to go a little bit further. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. At this point, his disciples came and they were amazed that he had been speaking with a woman because that was not custom to do that. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Why do you speak with this? Why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, why would she go to the men? Because that's where she had her issues with. With the men. The very thing that used to keep her bound was the very area that God used to help set people free. Pause and think about that. He said, Come and see a man who told me all things that I have done. This is not it, this is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. What did she do? She went out and became the, one of the first evangelists. She heard what he said. She received what it is he said. She received the living water. And then even though she had all those things in her past, Jesus looked past all those things, gave her the living water when she was ready to receive it. And then she ran out and went and told everybody, hey, come and see a man who told me all the things that I have done. What was the result of that? From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all things that I have done. He met her right where she was at. And God says, I'm meeting you women right where you're at. And I'm telling you today, thou art loosed and you are free from those things that have held you. You are delivered from the spirit of bondage. You have received the spirit of adoption whereby you are called heirs and joint heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ and you will never be the same again. And just like this Samaritan woman, she did not remain silent. God is telling you this morning, ladies, 
I need you to stop being silent. I need you to go out and tell the world what it is I have done for you to bring about relief and to bring about deliverance to all those who you come into contact with. That's the message today. That's the word of the Lord to the, to the church. That's the word of the Lord to God's Esther's and to his Deborah's and to his Samaritan women. And we didn't even get to Mary Magdalene, who was a prostitute, who was used to be the first preacher of the New Testament about Jesus had risen. He used a woman to do it. He used a woman to do it. And in this last hour, guess what, ladies? He's going to be using y'all like never before. All you got to do is receive it. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for the opportunity in your word today. Thank you. <laughs> Healing is yours. Deliverance is yours. Freedom is yours. Wholeness is yours. Woman, thou art loose. Though you bend, you never break. And after today, you'll never again be the same. So for those of you who have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, those of you who have never received that living water, or maybe you have received that living water before, but it's been a little while since you've had a living water, and you want to rededicate your life back to, to Jesus this morning. You want to give your life back to the Lord, and you want to begin anew, afresh and anew today. Today is your day. After today, your life, your spirit, man, will never again be the same. Now, what will you have to do after you get born again? You will have to renew your mind by the word of God. Because you don't know what it means to, to live like a natural born baby. A baby comes out, baby don't know how to eat. Baby don't know how to sleep. Baby don't know how to put his clothes on. Baby don't know how to change his own diaper. Guess who has to do those for him? That's what a, a, a church does. A church teaches you how to live in live life according to the kingdom of God. So if you repeat this prayer after me and me, say, it, say it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart, man, you will be able to get a drink of that living water today mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. Say, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carry my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Give me the living water that never runs dry. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I receive your offer of forgiveness and turn from my sin. I believe I'm born again. Filled with your Holy Spirit. In right relationship with the Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome you back into right position. Welcome you back into the body. Now, like I said, your next step will be is 
you would need to find a word-based church that will teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and also teach you the word of God and how to apply it to your everyday life. We believe that Ignite Depot is that place for you. So if your church is, is, is still closed right now and, and, or they're not online and you want to tune in each week, man, by all means, we invite you to do that. If you want to come on site, you can do that as well. You can register at, at info at ignitedepot.com. That's info at ignitedepot.com. You put your information down there. We'll register you. You do have to wear a mask and, and, and uh, also a physical distance while you're in the service, but I tell you what, it's a great time. There's nothing like it. Sister Joanne and I and the entire Depot family would like to thank you for joining us today. And remember, ladies, you are loosed. You are free from the spirit of bondage. You have received the spirit of adoption to cry, Abba, Father. You're like a modern day Esther who cannot be silent for relief and deliverance would come through you. Have a blessed day. Enjoy your Mother's Day. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.